This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, everyone. This is Eddie Turner, your host for the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and leadership insights. How do you run your business? How is your organization perceived? Wouldn't it be great if all businesses were run like a hero? Well, how do you get that hero factor in your organization and transform it into a winning organization with a winning culture? Today's guest is going to provide that answer. I'm excited to have the chance to interview the man to talk the world to think big and act bigger, the global business celebrity, Jeffrey Hazlett, CEO of the C-Suite Network. We're hearing him explain right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Eddie Turner LLC delivers executive and leadership coaching, professional speaking, facilitation services, and management consulting across the globe. Eddie Turner LLC also creates voiceovers, serves as a master of ceremonies, as a panel and event moderator, and provides national media commentary. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast the podcast dedicated to leadership development and leadership insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. I am incredibly excited to interview the man that taught the world to think big and act bigger. He has offices in New York, LA, and as he puts in his signature and his cards, Sioux Falls, because he can. I'm talking about Jeffrey Hazlett, the primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett and Executive Perspectives Live on C-Suite TV. Jeff is also the host of the award-winning All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on the C-Suite radio. He's also a global business celebrity, Hall of Fame speaker, and the chairman and CEO of the C-Suite Network, home of the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders. Jeff is the best-selling author of multiple books, including his most recent book, The Hero Factor, How Great Leaders Transform Organizations and Create Winning Cultures. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks so much, Eddie. I appreciate that, that great intro, too. 
Well, Jeff, you are uh, truly larger than life. And I just have to tell everybody how I first met you. Actually, how I first learned of you before I met you. I thought in my wisdom, I would share my two cents about the bag that one of our speakers in NSA should purchase for her next trip. And I told her all about To Me and why I thought it was a great brand. And then all of a sudden, this guy, Jeffrey Hazel, not only types that To Me is a great brand, but puts his To Me commercial in the feed. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> I don't even remember doing that. I must have been, I'm, I'm a big enthusiastic supporter of Toomey. There's a lot of brands that I really like. There's a lot of things I like. Um, you know, it's like I'm always selling something for somebody because I, one, I just like doing that. And two, I like uh, having other people know about the things I like so much. Well, you're the master marketer. There's no question about it. I, I just kind of watch you and revel in awe. But that was when I first heard about you. And I got a chance to meet you probably six months later at uh, the National Speakers Association's summer conference, which was Influence 2015. And I got a chance to meet you. And man, I I've enjoyed becoming friends over the years since then. And then you invited me in, in 2016, I believe it was, mm -hmm. to the inaugural C-Suite Network event for the C-Suite Network Advisors that you formed. Yeah. And, and we, and it kicked off and we, we sent up like a hundred people and, uh, well, about 150, I think total. And then, uh, it's grown ever since then. And now of course we've expanded. Now we have C-suite radio, C-suite TV, C-suite book club, you know, so soon they'll be launching C-suite Academy, C-suite publishing. Um, we're pretty excited about it all, all these different brands under one big umbrella. That's outstanding. Yeah. And th this podcast is happening only because of you, because I had no desire. It wasn't even on my radar to even think about podcasts until you brought us all together, probably in 2016, I believe, at the NSA conference. And we talked about it. I remember taking notes feverishly, but thinking at the end, well, this is good for me to know in the future if I decide to, but it still wasn't something I wanted. But yeah. after listening to your podcast, which uh, I definitely want you to tell everybody the name of that so they can tune in. Go ahead. Well, my, my podcast is all business, but I'm, I'm stepping away from that and starting a new one, which is named after my book, The Hero Factor. All right. Excellent. So we'll talk yeah. about that for sure. So that made me decide, okay, it's time to jump in. And so thank you for being a guest today where we will talk about, in fact, the hero factor. But can you tell everyone before we talk about the book, the story about the hero club? Because you told that a couple of months ago at an event, and I just thought it was fascinating. Yeah, the, the Hero Club got started by a guy named Rob Ryan who sold his business back in 1998 for $20.4 billion. And when he sold his business, he and his wife, Terry, who was also the chief legal officer, although they were under no obligation to do so, they set aside a certain percentage of the company uh, for all the employees, making the single largest number of millionaires ever created in one day. Um, it was just phenomenal. Wow. And so you can imagine all these people, Eddie, coming up to him and saying, Mr. Ryan, you don't know me. Uh, but I'm the janitor here and I can send my kids to college. You know, you're my hero. Or, um, you know, they would, uh, you know, be the night watchman says, you know, Mrs. Ryan, you don't know me, but I'm the night watchman and my mother-in-law has cancer and I, I just paid for the operation. You know, so a story after story and they thought, well, geez, they're not heroes. They just said, what can we do that could be different? What can we do that to get people to operate with, you know, greater values so they, you know, put people over profit? And, you know, not the profit's bad. You still have to make money. And we can talk about that, about being a good company versus, uh, you know, a wannabe or a do-gooder or, or even a bottom liner. Um, there's different kinds of companies that are out there. But, you know, he, he started pulling together a group of people about uh, 20 or 30 and 
could never get it up to sustain it where it was more than about 27 people where they would get together and they'd start talking about their business. And so he approached me about two years ago and said, Hey Jeff, I'd like you to take this over and uh, you, you can really build scale. You've been doing that with the C-suite network. Could you do this with the hero club? And so we took a look at it. And one of the things that we added was a pledge, a pledge that businesses sign the CEOs, founders and entrepreneurs of businesses sign that say, you know, we're going to take care of the community. We're going to take care of our people. We're going to take care of our, our vendors. We're going to take care of our, our environment and, and all the things that are critical for us to run our business. And we're going to, we're going to put people and communities over profit, but profit still being a, a big, big part because the free enterprise system is, is what got us here. You know, the, the ability to make money um, makes the things go, make the things happen in the world, whether you like it or not. Without without the cash, you can't you can't make an impact. Without the profits, you can't make an impact. So that's how the Hero Club got started. And now we've got hundreds of members all over the country, and um, you know it's starting to take off. Absolutely, and I saw I saw I read a Forbes article that talked about the fact that the Hero Conference is a must attend event. Well, it's coming to. We just had one in Vegas. It was. Well, it was unbelievable. We had uh, hundreds of CEOs there, and um, you know, it was just a great event. And we've got one coming up in June in San Jose. In September, we're going out to the Black Hills of South Dakota. We're going to go to Crazy Horse National Monument. We like to go to different places from time to time and do a little re- more retreat style. Where we get together and we talk about um, you know accelerators. We talk about networking and how to how to get bigger. We talk about access to capital. And we're talking about capital of all kinds money, um, investment, uh, cash, um, collections, people, you know, because capital is also people. Capital is also security um, in terms of cybersecurity and, and everything else that you've got to value in terms of protecting the assets that you have. And then we, t- we talk about tools and, and education. And then last but not least, we like to have a little fun. So it's, a, it's been a great group and, and just some of the most inspiring people I meet and just talk to, I just I just can't get over these, these these folks in just a short period of time have become my best friends. And it's just, it's, it's insightful. It's insightful and inspiring. Yeah, I had a chance to meet several of these insightful, inspiring people at the event held at the World Trade Center Tower One, uh, Condi Nast event that you did in uh, December. And just, yeah. yes, just amazing people. It, it's, well, that was a great location too. So tell me, Jeff, leaders are listening to this podcast and they're going to be wondering, well, how can they elevate their leadership skills to hero status? Well, first of all, realize what it takes to become a hero company. You know, the hero companies, first of all, this is a cool, cool, some numbers that I think are real unique about um, businesses in general. One, one is, um, you know, that about 28% of the people who work for the company don't even know what you're doing, what your vision is. Mm-hmm. 53% of the people who work at a company aren't even engaged. Um, you know, in a meaningful way. So, so the realization is first of all, what kind of company you want to be, and then to be able to to, to acquire a vision around it. So, what's your vision of where you want to take it? And does everybody in the company know what that vision is? Because if they don't know, then what the hell are you doing? Because then, then they don't get it. They don't understand it. And so, so that's the first thing. So then everybody's behind that as to what we are. So everybody can recite, you know, basically this is what we do and how we do it. And then, then you got to start once you, once you decide what that vision is, you, then you got to pick a side. So on page 12 of the book, the hero factor, and by the way, you can get this for free. You can get at least the assessment for free and, and the outline of this by going to the hero factor book.com. 
and I'll give it to you because I want you to be able to take your company through an exercise to find out where you rate on the scale, hero intensity scale, and uh, see what kind of company you are and then see how you might want to move it to one of the other areas. So, you know, at the very bottom of the scale, there's these asshat companies. They have no value and they have no hero values and they, they have, you know, no operational profits. All they want to do is rip people off. We know who those companies are. In fact, there was a, there was a great documentary on, on Theranos the other day. I saw a couple of them that were coming mm-hmm. up, you know, mm-hmm. but the, the blood company. I mean, what a what a loser that woman was. I, mean, I got to say it. I mean, just just diabolical, you know, people died. And and not only that, took billions of people's, I mean, I think it was billions in, in terms of uh, the money that they took. So that was one. The the other thing um, then is the next level is that you, you could be a wannabe. Um, a wannabe is somebody that's that's thinking about it. You could be a good co, which is a good company, doing a great job. You could be a, a do-gooder. A do-gooder is high on hero values, low on operational excellence. So you could be a operational excellence company, their bottom line, what we call bottom liners, they just do a hell of, hell of a job making money um, and doing doing that, but they have little values in terms of hero value. They they might give a check to make them look green or, or you know, volunteer and do this and do that, but really they, they're not operating with hero values. And those companies that operate with hero values, you know, we find that they gross more dollars, they make more money, they have happier employees, they have more engaged customers, and their vendors like to do business with them. So to me, that's you, you got to pick a side. So decide what kind of company you want to be. I don't care. Just pick one. And I think that's one of the most important things you got to do first is decide, hey, this is our values. What are our walkaway values? What are the things I'm willing to do and not do in business? And what am I, you know, when someone offers me money to do this or do this, am I willing to take it? You know, these are the kind of questions that most people need to ask themselves and they fail to do that from time to time. Wow, you gave me a lot of rich meat to chew on there, uh, Jeff. The idea that that many people, the statue quoted, either are are unaware of what the company does or not engaged in what the company does is, is staggering. So your solution that you show, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you about pages 11 and 12, and you walk through that very nicely. So for those who don't have a copy of the book, you definitely want to get a copy of that and look at it. Because this chart is, it draws out very nicely the things that Jeff just explained. And so I was, I had the privilege of being able to read this as you were explaining that. So that was nice. So that it's very insightful. People get a chance to take the assessment. I actually did go to the website and you, you cited it there. And we'll also put this in the show notes for those who want to be able to take the assessment to see just how they stack up. So what I'd like to do is ask you another question related to that, Jeff, that you raised. What are the core principles that leaders need to implement in order to become hero leaders and hero companies? <laughs> well, there's so many of them. I'm not going to outline them all here because I want them to get on the book. I want you to get into the assessments. I want you to figure out the things that you think might you might have to do. But, you know, but they're going to be around things like diversity and inclusion. They're going to be around, you know, again, what I said earlier about pay Picking aside, you know, so so long for so long, Eddie. You know this. You've been in the HR business for a long time, the business of people and talent. You know, we're afraid to rock the boat. We're afraid to take positions on things. And 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 my book is really about not do the opposite of that. You should take positions. You know, people they might not do business with you. I find very few people who do that because of your stand on something. All right, let's, let's give you a couple of great examples. In Right there in Houston where you live, I think isn't Hobby Lobby or Michael's, aren't they down in that area? 
Yes, sir. Okay. And they don't open on Sunday. They don't open on Sunday because they believe that's the day of the Lord. They believe that's the day that they should have rest. But I don't see people refute who are like so, you know, that of another religious denomination or, or people who are offended that, that they do that. And maybe a little bit of an inconvenience from time to time because they want to go do some crafts. But or let's take another business like, um, I don't know, uh, Chick-fil-A based in Atlanta. Kathy Truett. Now, Kathy Truett, one, he doesn't, he's not, they're not open on Sundays either. Two, you can't buy a Chick-fil-A. You have to be a manager. You have to work your way up in the company before you can buy or be, run a Chick-fil-A. And then not only that, he says he doesn't believe in same-sex marriages. Now, that offends a lot of other people, but, you know, it doesn't stop me from having a good chicken sandwich, <laughs> you know? Yes. You know, with the pickle on it. I, I know. So, uh, it, it's I'm, look, I don't agree with his positioning on that, on that particular issue. I think he's out to lunch, so to speak. But by gosh, I defend his right to take it. Mm -hmm. And and I know, and I know, and I have friends, I have family who are gay, and they still go and get a Chick-fil-A sandwich because at least he's taking a, a position, you know? He's not being wishy-washy about it. That's his belief. More power to him, you know? Uh, the same thing goes for if you want to take a knee on a, on a football field. I'll defend your right to do it. That doesn't mean there aren't consequences as, as a result of it. doesn't mean it doesn't have a revenue impact or, or other people will not be offended by it. But I, by gosh, I, I defend anyone's right to do that. And we should all stand up for that. There's nothing wrong with that because that's what our Constitution says. And, every, you know, we can get into the political debates about it. Um, you know, even with people with Trump, I mean, you know, you know, I know him. Um, we were, I was a judge on Celebrity Apprentice. I worked with him for a couple of years doing different things as partners on businesses. And yet he's, he's, you know, bat, you know, what crazy, but, you know, <laughs> but, it, you know, but, uh, you know, I defend someone's right to p defend him and what he does. And, you know, I think, you know, but that, I think it's one of the best things that were happening for our country. Like, quite frankly, not because I like him from a political standpoint, because it's making people pick sides. <laughs> you know, for so long, we didn't pick sides. And look what, look what it got us. You know, it got us in a mess and still a mess. It's even a worse mess now that we got him there. But that's nonetheless, right? It's it's all about at least, you know, picking a side and saying you're going to you're going to represent and be for something. That's what I think was what's really cool that's come about about this stuff is the ability to have that open debate. Well, very well said, Jeff. It's important that leaders definitely have uh, to be authentic and to have a core that they don't vacillate from and that at the same time be able to recognize and respect multiple perspectives. So what I'd like to do here is just to take a quick break to have a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one -on -one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Lou Diamond from Thrive Loud with Lou Diamond, and you are listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with Eddie Turner. We're back. I invite you to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast and share with your friends. Please leave a review for me on iTunes so I know you're out there and I know what you're thinking. If you leave a review for me on iTunes or share this podcast on social media, 
please tag me and then send me a message so I'll know. I'll send you a digital copy of my best-selling book, 140 Simple Messages to Guide Emerging Leaders. And I'll also give you a shout out on social media and on the Keep Leading Podcast. Okay, I am here with Jeff Hazlett, the global business celebrity, Hall of Fame speaker, and the chairman and CEO of the C-Suite Network. And we're talking about his most recent bestseller, The Hero Factor, how great leaders transform organizations and create winning cultures. The ability to do both is perhaps what some people might think is not possible. Uh, Jeff, does it mean that if I'm going to create a hero culture, I have to sacrifice profits? I should probably ask you that. No, I, well, maybe sometimes at first or, you know, the beginning, you have, you, ter- you turn down business because this person's not, not the kind of person you want to do business with, or they, they'll pay you in, they'll pay you in 160 days rather than, you know, 60 or 90 days. You know, you're, you're watching companies now push back payments uh, way, way, way back. Uh, which is almost ridiculous, but you know, but you you can say, hey, no, I won't do business with you and turn it away, and that of course costs you business, but in the in the long run, it makes you a stronger business. Um, you know, so in the in really truly, no, you don't have to balance that because by by doing the right things, by being ethical, by being direct in your conditions of satisfaction, you get to a point of doing the business with the way you want to do it. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Good, thank you. Now, Jeff. One thing I want to ask you about is in the book, chapter 11, crash landing when cultures fail to care. You mentioned the story about Theranos earlier, and if folks haven't had a chance to watch that documentary, it's worth watching because it's incredible how a $9 billion company is now worth zero. But it was, it was initially hailed as one of the great success stories yeah. in American innovation. Well, you brought this chapter to life at the December event for the Hero Club members and the C-Suite Network members by introducing Dave Sanderson. And I just remember sitting there as the story unfolded and you could hear a pin drop in that room. Can you share just a little bit about this and how you uh, wrote this and put this in the story and how you brought him in to talk to us? Yeah, that was a, it was quite the interview actually. It, uh, it's always interesting when Dave and I get together, we, we like to talk to each other and we have some similar beliefs and some dissimilar beliefs, but we always have a good respect for each other. Well, Dave Sanderson was the last individual to step off the, um, last civilian to step off the plane of the U.S. Airways um, ditch that uh, or crash landing into the Hudson River here in New York City. And um, he was one of like two or three people that were hospitalized as a result of hyperthermia and the injuries he sustained as part of that crash, but, you know, no one died. And um, and so he talks about, the, he talks a whole series around moments matter. And what, what are those moments in your life and what's important and what's not and how it comes, you know, comes about as a result of, you know, a, a, you know, momentary strike on a plane, a momentary landing, a momentary decisions by the captains, momentary heroics by the ferries that, um, you know, that operate on the Hudson River and, and then all the first responders that kicked in. I mean, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. So, um, you know, and then you talk about the moments afterwards, you know, where he was being taken care of by the Red Cross when they actually put a, a toe tag on him because that's what they do. Um, even when you go to the hospital in a massive, a massive evacuation like that or, or a trauma like that. And then, then, you know, the next day, I think was the most poignant. He flies home, you know, in borrowed clothes that were given to him by the Red Cross. 
and he's here's a businessman flying home the next day met, met at the airport by his family you can imagine who how happy they were to see him and then then he decides well what the heck i should probably drive into the work just to make sure that they know i'm okay because you know all the hoopla i was on the news this and that so he drives into work you know with his with his children because they decide they want to be with their dad and he walks into business there wasn't any of this you know like oh my gosh are you okay the first question that someone's mouth was are you going to make it to detroit next week mm-hmm. you know and I, I just thought, wow, that was that that says something right there about a company culture. I got chills when that was told at the event, and we all kind of put our hands over our mouth and just gasp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't. I, he didn't work for that company much longer. Yeah. You know? I actually shared the story with a friend of mine literally two weeks ago. He was in town visiting me, and we were supposed to go to dinner, and he was running late. He says, Eddie, something's come up. I'm going to be delayed. So we finally get together, and he tells me that he was delayed because the gentleman who works for him had just had a heart attack. Oh, jeez. 32 years old. Yeah. And when he got the call, the gentleman, he's been on this contract for about six months. The gentleman who, uh, who had the heart attack, the family didn't call the the gentleman who had managed the, the account for the last three years they called my friend because he is the one who had formed a relationship with this young man and when my friend informed the the, the big boss if you will his first question was who's next ah uh, yes yeah. so you know you now you just reminded me of something i pushed back into my memory years ago I was working in a publicly traded company and I was head of sales and marketing and I, you know, was, uh, was a couple billion dollar size company. And we had a shooting where we had a former employee who had left us years and years and years ago, uh, mentally disturbed, obviously, um, as you'll hear the story, walk into one of our printing facilities and um, killed, killed an employee. Mm. Um, you know, set the place on fire, went looking for more employees. And then finally, when the shot, the SWAT team showed up, he killed himself. And, and, and so I heard about it immediately because, you know, I was head of sales and marketing. Someone called and said this and this, and, and as a leader in the company, you hear the, you know, if you're closer to the employees, you tend to hear more than the, everybody else. And so, um, and I remember I started getting on the phone to start helping to organize the, you know, response. Well, you know, one, I mean, we've got a, what are we going to do for the employees? What are we, you know, they just witnessed an employee getting shot. They, the place is on fire. What about the work that's in there? What about, you know, the people that are in there? What about the, you know, all the stuff you know, that's going on? What about counseling? What about taking care of all these people? All these things are running in my head. And how are we organized for it? And do we have a plan for it? And do we not? So I'm on the phone, you know, with our headquarters operation because I'm out in the field with the, one of my divisional presidents. And the divisional president says, what are you doing? I said, I'm helping getting this thing going. He goes, there are people that will do that. (laughs) Wow. I said, what? Wow. I said, these are our people. I said, we are the people that do this. He goes, no, you need to pay attention to business today. I said, I am paying attention to business today. I said, and I remember I threatened, every once in a while I threatened to punch somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And and I said, you know, but he he made me so mad. I wanted to punch his lights out. You know, it's like, are you kidding me, man? And we didn't have a plan for it. And so, you know, I unfortunately been through something similar before with another company and, and, um, you know, having, I had a PR company, so we had to handle, um, you know, tragic things like this before. 
so I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to handle everything. I'm trying to figure out how to keep it that, you know, how to work with the local news, local sheriff's department, local police department, you know, please, you know, all that stuff's going in my head because my gosh, this could, you know, we're a publicly traded company. This all could, could also hurt us too. Right. In the, from that perspective. Absolutely. So first take care of the people. So, you know, uh, I called the head of HR, let's do this, let's do this, let's get everybody in the conference room. We did that. We organized everything. And then, and then, um, and then, you know, we, we, we chartered a plane and sent some people out there right away and held a employee meeting, took care of things, brought in counselors. I mean, it was all that kind of stuff. And, and then, you know, at the same time, trying to handle with the media, you know. Well, you showed yourself to truly be a hero in that case, Jeff. Yeah, it's not, you know, but that's what, you know, it's like one time my wife was asking me about a board that I'm on. It's a real, real bummer. It's not a good company and the guy's not doing a good job with it. And she goes, why are you still on that? I said, because it's what good people do. Wow. You know, it's what good people do. It's what we do. Well, excellent. Well, there's one final question I'd like to get your uh, input on, Jeff, and that is how do today's leaders create the next generation of leaders who will carry these values that you're describing and that you have epitomized throughout your career? By being a leader, (laughs) by being a, a living, breathing example of doing it every single day. That's why. You know, I, that's 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 the critical piece of it, is that you have to live it every single day. You know, and there are times that I I miss out. I miss it. You miss it. I'm sure we all do. We're human. But it's also the realization that when you miss it, you go back and say, "Hey guys, I'm sorry. I screwed that up." Mm-hmm. And I do that, and I do that far more than I care to sometimes. <laughs> but you know, where I might get mad about something or something, right. or someone says something, I go, "What are you talking about?" I get defensive about it. You know, I'm just human, like everybody else, and I have to go back and say, "Well, I'm sorry about that." I guess you're right. You know, so it sounds like the real takeaway from our conversation today is that people should run their business with hero values. Is that Without correct? question? You want to make money? You want to be better than everybody else in the industry? You want to have um, more engaged customers, happier uh, employees, and you know, people you want to work with every single day, and vendors who want to just rush to you and help you? That's what you do. Well, I'd also add that they should consider. Uh, looking at the Hero Club organization and certainly picking up a copy of the book, but also looking at the Hero Club organization, going to one of the events and perhaps even becoming a member. Uh, we'd love to have them. Um, you can go to the HeroCEOClub.com and you can find out more there too. And Jeff, I love asking people about their best leadership story or advice they've received or a leadership quote. Do you have a quote that you can share with us? Yeah, it's right under my book, and it's a business that makes nothing but money is a poor business, and that's by Henry Ford. He was a tough old guy, but, um, you know, he always, remember, if you remember it, always said, I got to make a car that my employees can afford. I love it. Well, well, Jeff, you have absolutely become one of the people who I I look up to and I have a high regard for one of my good friends. And I am just so delighted that you took some time out to come on my show and be one of my very first guests. And uh, I just can't thank you enough. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And this has been a great, great time to spend with you. I appreciate it. Well, that concludes this episode, everyone. This is Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate through all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. 
For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.